Hey ladies and gents and welcome to our pre-E3 coverage. Today we're covering Sony and their PlayStation conference. Uh, we're going to be doing the predictions, going to be going over what we expect from the show and touching on some things from last year's conference. Uh, as always, I have Jordan with me. Yo, yo. Dom. Bananas. High in fiber. Uh, potassium. Overall, potassium. Overall pretty good for you. So. Uh, nice. Uh, and uh, Blessing has joined us. Yo, what's up? Hey, how's it going? Um, yes, you're, you've been on, I think, two years earning now for E3 Predictions Podcast. Glad to have you back. Um, I think previously you, you were with us on Nintendo, I think. I think this is the first time you've been on the show for the Sony conference, if memory serves me correct. Could be wrong yeah, about that, I, though. That sounds right. It's funny because like, you, you sent me uh, the, the choice earlier you're like hey do you want to do playstation or do you want to do nintendo and i was like i was really i was really leaning towards nintendo but i always do nintendo and i feel like playstation is in an interesting place now and so i, I figured yo why not let's do playstation let's go for yeah it. <laughs> yeah playstation yeah. finally got to an interesting place huh yeah finally <laughs> after all these years exactly yeah um so yeah the way we're going to be covering is we're going to be talking about some points from last year's show and those are going to be jumping off points for um this year's show and what we can expect and then we'll be talking about some lingering questions we have for this year's Sony conference. Um, but let's start off right at the top. Um, last year, PlayStation had a pre-show where they showcased a lot of games. Uh, Undertale, um, I think they had a trailer for the Crash Bandicoot um, remake. And they had a couple of other things. And people were kind of surprised because in the last couple of years, it seems that PlayStation has moved away from featuring indie games on their main showcase. And even not so much indie games, but some of their lesser first-party and second-party games have been relegated to the pre-show. So I wanted to talk about here is a couple of games we could possibly see in this year's pre-show. The first one being Dreams. Um, this game, I think a lot of people often talk about how they're not sure what the game exactly is. It's essentially just going to be a creative space for people to, you know, have uh, weird experiments that people can try out. Um, do you guys think that this is the most likely landing spot for Dreams this year? Do we even see it in the pre-show? Um, what do you guys think about that? I think we don't even see it. You think we don't see it at all? I think it might be done. I don't know. We definitely don't see it, I don't think. Yeah. I don't think it's done. I think they. it's, at this point, closer to, like, a Last Guardian situation. Like, if they were going to cancel it, they would have done it by now. And so they're just going with it and probably hoping that they are... that um, Media Molecule is able to release a successful game so that they don't end up having to close them down. But I do think that Sony knows that people are just tired of hearing about this game, especially with it not actually having anything concrete, like a release date or even window. So, yeah, if anything, I would say pre-show, and maybe not even that. Yeah. What do you think, Blessing? What are your opinions on Dreams? Do we see it at the pre-show? Is it going to be in maybe the PSVR section during the main show? Like, where is Dreams showing up? I th well, I, I think we 100% see it at the, at the pre-show. Uh, at PSX, they spent a lot of time on it, and I, I got to go to PSX, and so like it was interesting actually being there in December and seeing how much time they put into like marketing dreams and actually like talking about it, and like that was uh, PSX was the first time where I actually was like, okay, I actually believe in this. Like I think Dreams has a lot of potential. Okay, uh, I didn't realize dope. it was all about it at PSX. I thought we hadn't heard about it in like over a year, so now I feel dumb for saying <laughs> oh, yeah. maybe it's gone. <laughs> no, they went they went quiet on it for like a, for a long time. Like they announced it didn't say anything about it then this last psx they were all like oh yeah dreams okay. is here and so i think it's it's definitely coming out this year i think we have to see it at the pre-show because they they 
with the way they announced how they're doing E3, where they were like, yo, we're going to do Ghost of Tsushima, we're going to do Spider-Man, we're going to do Last of Us, and we're going to do, uh, I forget the last game. There's one other game, Death Stranding. Um, I think with the way they came out and said that, that I think that tells me that they're going to have dreams at the pre-show, and I think that's when we get the release date. I think they, I think that they think that dreams isn't going to be like a, a big seller, but I think that they know that it's going to be something that at least if if not a great amount of people at least a small amount of people are going to be super into uh because it, it from what i saw at psx it looks really cool and it looks like it can do a lot of things and it looks like it has the potential uh to be crazy but i don't think they know how to really market it because it's so kind of ambiguous in terms of what it is yeah it's going to be interesting to see how much they support it too in terms of if playstation is able to get some of their other first party studios to lend assets for packs, like not necessarily being able to put like Kratos or uh, Aloy into your into your dreams like game, but some of those mm-hmm. assets that they use, it'd be interesting if they maybe had like DLC packs or something like that that kind of incentivize people like you can create stuff that's in the base game, but we also have these first party packs that allow you to play with some of the tools in other games like some of the assets. Um, it's a very interesting game. Creative games like that where basically a lot of the I mean it has its own story mode and stuff like that, but you know, the tail end of that game is going to be on its user base and its community creating fun and engaging things. Um, it's going to be tough for them, but I think if they have the right tools in place to be able to curate, um, like, the, the, the best things that people are creating, I think it would have some real real legs on it. It just depends on how far PlayStation pushes it in terms of additional content, some weird, like, first-party inclusion stuff, and marketing, too. I think marketing is going to be tough on this game because... Though we understand what it is, the average consumer seeing a game like that, I think it can really throw some people off. So I think it has an uphill climb, but like Jordan was stating, Media Molecule needs to have a you know a big hit success because it's cool to have the fun like art, indie-ish kind of games, but at some point you need to show return on investment, right? The ROI. And uh, yeah, this might be make or break for Media Molecule in terms of having their say in what they want to create and maybe the next project they have, maybe they don't get shut down necessarily, but maybe Sony's like, we need you to create something that's more commercially viable, you know? So it's going to be, Dreams is a big game for Media Molecule in terms of its success and the future of that studio. Yeah, because um, what, yeah. what was their last game? Like, uh, the, the Vita game. Uh, Tearaway? Tearaway. Tearaway, yeah. yeah. And then they um, revamped it for PS4, but really their last successful game is Little Big Planet 2 on PS3. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this game is going to be one of those games where it's either huge and it blows up or I don't or I think it fails. Like Dreams when every time I see that game since PSX, like they've had they've showed it a couple times, like they've tweeted out like I I can't remember if it was PAX or if it was GDC. There was some event where uh Media Molecule started tweeting out some of the creations in Dreams and every time I see something that was made in Dreams, I'm like blown away. Um the amount uh, different things you could do like you could do you can make adventure games like choose your own adventure games you can make platformers you can make shooters like you there's a there you can make music in that game like there's a crazy amount of things that you're able to do um and i think the biggest challenge they're going to have and the biggest thing they're going to they're going to need to do is to show people like hey these are the different things you do and this is how easily you can do them um because like they the the marketing i'm being at psx like there are these different they had like three different things they showed specifically um, and each of the three different things were so different, and they did that on purpose to kind of show the diversity of dreams. Um, and the marketing is weird because they don't have a mascot they can go to. They don't have a character they can go to to show. They don't have, like, a specific thing to point to and be like, hey, here's a logo. Here's the selling point of dreams, kind of like how God of War has Kratos or God of War has has Boy. 
um, or Horizon Zero Dawn has Aloy. Um, Dreams doesn't have that thing, that marketing icon. And so, like, the, the big thing for Dreams is going to be, like, hey, here's the cool things you can do. And every time they show, every time that game is shown, they have to show something really cool in order to get people really sold on it. Because I think there's quite a few people that are really sold. I think Greg Miller uh, was really sold on it uh, when he went to PSX. I think Andy Cortez, another person kind of funny, he was very sold on it uh, when he was talking about it. And I think me and him saw a lot, of, a lot of the same things at PSX. And seeing what I saw on the stage had me super sold on it. And so I think they're going to have to show people things like that, like cool things, like stuff like making music, stuff like, hey, here's how you can layer different objects on top of each other to make them, to make making these worlds really cool. Here's an adventure game you can make. Here's this cool music rhythm game that you can make. And it's super easy in the way you put, put everything together. Um, I also think that a lot of that game is going to, that game is going to have to sell itself after it's out also. Um, I think a big part of that game is going to be allowing people to play creations from that game without having that game maybe putting up stuff free on psn so people can download and be like okay here's a cool creation that somebody made um and it's, it's this outer world thing people check that out people see that it was made in dreams and then people check out dreams from there i think the, the marketing for the game is going to be very like different and something that we usually don't see from sony since this is more of a platform slash service kind of thing rather than single player like sony usually does yeah. um and so yeah i'm very interested to see what they it- do with this game at e3 it's tough because, um, you know, another game that's kind of in this vein is obviously Super Mario Maker. The thing that Super Mario Maker has that Dreams doesn't Mario. is an iconic IP. Exactly. So even Most though people, iconic. even though people don't like to create stuff necessarily, they'll pick up Super Mario Maker because they want to play Mario levels created by people. And I think you you get to that point blessing of Dreams has an uphill battle in terms of I think people are going to engage in this game. The creators, the artists, the people, the creative types who just want to create things. But the average consumer who just buys video games to play stuff and not necessarily create, that's going to be tough. And I think that's going to be the part where this might not be commercially viable because it's going to sell to the people that want to create things. Is it going to be good enough and are those creations going to be good enough to sell to people who aren't that, right? And like you said, they could potentially release some of those things as free for people to play as like demos. Um, It's going to be tough. Dreams is a big question mark and... You know, hopefully we see it at the pre-show. We'll see. Um, really quick here, I want to get your opinion on this, Jordan, because I know you're a huge House Mark fan. Um, do you think we see Storm Divers? You know, their battle royale-ish teased game. Um, they they you know moved away from arcade type video games because they weren't selling and they needed to make something more commercially viable. So they kind of hit that that fork in the road that Media Molecule might have to do with Dreams. Um, are we seeing Storm Divers from House Mark at the pre-show? Um, pre-show possibly, definitely not in the main show, just because Sony has kind of abandoned Andes in that sense. Um, but I wouldn't, I also wouldn't be surprised if they waited till PSX for this one, especially because, uh, the reveal of this game was basically just concept art, so, um, yeah, I'm thinking it may not be ready to show off yet. Yeah, if it's close though, I would think that they'd be pushing for it, right? Because we're on that, we're in that zone of like everyone's putting out their battle royale games, right? Um, and they do release games pretty often, like every year or so, usually every eighteen months, maybe. Housemark has something coming out, so yeah. Uh, Concrete Genie, if you guys remember this game, it was the the uh, it was actually on uh, Sony's main show last year. It featured a kid who's like in this very urban, looks like a Pacific Northwest type of city and he's painting on these walls and creating these um genies these concrete genies these characters that he can interact with and this the narrative of the game seems to be focusing on him getting bullied 
and basically finding friendship through his imagination. Um, do you think that gets put on the main show again, or is that relegated to the pre-show? Do you think that's where we see it? Anyone? Um, I feel like, yeah, I feel like that game is in a weird space. It's definitely, obviously not AAA. Um, it's probably more AA, so, um, that's also something that would be a little more appropriate for Paris Games Week or PSX. But I do think the pre-show for E3 is is a, a spot that it would fit in. So I, I think that that's definitely possible. Yeah. Um, last year during uh, PlayStation's main show, we saw the revealed Monster Hunter World, which recently in 2018 came out to really great critical praise. Um, you know, the more general audience jumped into this game and loved it. It was way less obtuse than Monster Hunter's from before. Uh, Capcom definitely struck a chord, making Monster Hunter, um, you know, on more than just the PlayStation, it not being exclusive was a huge deal. A lot of uh, people on Xbox got to enjoy Monster Hunter for the first time, which was really cool. Um, you know, this Capcom has shown a relationship with Sony, and we've seen a lot of their games unveiled here. Do we see Devil May Cry 5 this year? You know, it's been rumored a lot. People are saying that it's, oh, it's a guarantee, it's a lock, we're seeing Devil May Cry 5. Um, are we seeing it? And the other rumor to go along with this, people think it may be console exclusive. Is that even a possibility, given Capcom's recent track record of not doing that? I don't think so. This is that's this would be multi-platform for sure. Um, yeah. Even yeah. if even if Sony gets their reveal on their stage, um, I definitely see this going everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Blessing, what do you I, think? I think we'll get a trailer. Yeah. I think it'll be there. I think it could be exclusive, only because of um, Street Fighter Five being a PS4 exclusive. I yeah, think maybe PS4, to... PC. Yeah, like I could see, I could see it being that, and also with like Xbox not really having a lot of Japan, like. They they have hack and slash games, but they don't really have many Japanese games. Like very, like games like Near Automata. I don't think I don't think that yeah. game's on Xbox. Um, right. And I think Devil May Cry is of a similar vein. It is a bit more mainstream uh, than Near. Uh, it's, yeah. it's actually a lot more mainstream than Near. Yeah. Um, and so I think that could signal it being on the Xbox. But I think like if uh, I think a lot of Japanese developers have the mindset of like, okay, this is this game really going to sell on Xbox? Is the Xbox audience really going to want this? Um, it could be one of those deals like um, like Hellblade, or I'm trying to yeah. think of the other game where it was on it was PS4 exclusive for like a year or so, but no one really knew it was ever going to come to Xbox until one day they just announced yeah. it. The, the thing nowhere. though, like No Man's Sky. The thing no though, Man's with Sky, what, what yeah. you're saying, blessing. I think it's actually opposite of that. Of um, Street Fighter Five actually didn't see great sales numbers, and it was obviously a console exclusive. And Capcom has seen Monster Hunter World and Resident Evil 7 both release to tremendous sales success. And I think that's where I think it's... I'm with Jordan on this side. I don't think it's even has a chance of being a console exclusive. Capcom's seen their sales numbers like rise exponentially. And even though there may not be the, the core demographic on Xbox for Devil May Cry 5, I think they just see it as even if we sell X amount of copies that aren't what we'll see on PlayStation, it's still X more amount of copies. And... Yeah. Uh, I just think the recent success of Monster Hunter World and Resident Evil 7 uh, in comparison to Street Fighter V, I, I think that they are really not in the console-exclusive game anymore. I think they want to release it on as many platforms as possible because Capcom's seeing tremendous sales success. But Yeah, they knows? would have to be incentivized um, yeah. really yeah. heavily it, either way. They're, they're in an interesting place because, yeah, they did – because there's also Dead Rising, which was exclusive to Xbox, and I feel like – I don't know what the what oh, deals yeah. took place between Street Fighter and Dead Rising, where I don't know if it was it probably was the platform holders that were like, "Hey, we want you to exclusive uh, or to release exclusively on our platforms." 
Um, but Dead Rising yeah, eventually think... came to PlayStation as well, though. So did it? Dead Rising. Yeah, the, three and four? I think the uh, Dead ones. Rising Four ca- came to PlayStation, didn't it? They recently announced that it was coming to PlayStation. Oh, maybe, maybe I missed it then. I thought yeah. it was just like the older ones from last gen or something. No, it was a new, the specifically only the new one <laughs> was the one that oh. was coming over. Yeah. Weird. But yeah, I could see them with their recent trends with Monster Hunter uh, and Resident Evil being like, okay, yeah, we're done for this generation doing the exclusive thing. Um, and so yeah, I think I could see it either way. But yeah, I, I do think there, there's a big chance that it could appear appear on Xbox. But I think I think we're gonna see it. Yeah. Um, let's get into some of these later things in here. So Shadow of the Colossus was obviously shown off at last year's Sony conference. Uh, it was obviously the remake made by Bluepoint in collaboration with Japan Studio. Recently, Bluepoint president Marco Thrush stated that they're taking on a full AAA game with a major scope of art content. People are wondering what exactly this is. Um, and I want to ask you guys real quick. Uh, we don't have to go on this for a long time, but what do you think they're working on? Is it another PlayStation property? Uh, we have to remember that Bluepoint isn't a first-party studio. They work closely with Sony, but they're not owned by Sony at any capacity. So if another publisher wanted to come in and take on their talents to you know, polish up and remake one of their older games, it could possibly be that. So what do you guys think Bluepoint's working on? Some people suggest Demon Souls as a remake possibility, but is that really a full AAA game with a major scope of art content? Mm. If you're remaking it like they did with uh, Shadow of the Colossus, I think so, yeah. But um, I definitely think if they were going to start making their own games, now would be a good time, especially coming off of that Colossus remake. And um, it is, you know, if that were the case, it would be kind of rough because they are such a great porthouse and they do such a great job with so many games. Um, but there's, you know, there's other people out there that can do that that aren't uh, probably on the scope that they're on. So um, I'm leaning more towards their own. Um... Well, they announced it's not an original game. They said it. Oh, is did they? Ma- yeah, they said they're making somebody else's game. It's a full triple H. Yeah, yeah. They yeah, specifically think, stated that. Yeah. I also think they take a lot of pride in being the best ones to do this. Like nobody is able to make a remake the way that they make a remake like crash the yeah. crash and spiral remakes are, are kind of close to what the shadow of the colossus remake is but even then like what they did with shadow of the colossus i think was so crazy and i think if you look at their interviews and if you look at a lot of the the dev the dev uh, promotional stuff that they released on the playstation youtube channel like it seems like they take a lot of pride in, in uh their talent and i think they they love being able to say that like yo we're the best ones that are able to do this um i think that I'm not sure what game they're working on. I think it's going to be multi-platform. Um, but I, d- I also don't think we're seeing it this C3. I think it's going to be another year or so before we see it. Because I, I think the, the the amount of time it takes for that team to, to work on a new game. like it, it It's definitely less time than it takes to work on an actual new game with like a new like um, concept and all this stuff. But still, to like remake a game with all those new art, art assets, put all that work into it, I think it's, it's going to take some time. Like at least like a year or two um i think we can see it next year but i think for now i think they're laying low is my assumption i can see that i give it some time i would definitely eliminate uh demon souls though just because that's recent enough where that would be more likely to get a remaster job you know just uh add some lighting and you know update the frame rate and resolution type of kind of like dark souls is getting i think that's more likely if anything at all um but i don't see that game getting you know a whole blown out um you know, every all new art and everything. I think whatever they're doing has got to be like an older game, uh, at least older than the Demon Souls. But. Yeah, my heart says Mass Effect One. Like I would love if they were doing that. Like if EA reached out to them and had them be doing the Mass Effect One 
uh, remake. My mind says something more closely back with Sony. Like, I could totally see them remaking Uncharted 1 from the ground up. And that kind of, uh, you know, we've heard we've heard from yeah. Naughty Dog that they're not. Why not? Because they, they just, just did the out. collection. Yeah. yeah. But a remake is entirely different from the collection. I mean, the game still yeah, doesn't yeah, run great. I don't think it would be different enough to warrant that. Right. Especially when it's already just been remastered why not like something nintendo i'd have to like, greatly I, disagree because i think an up an up res of shadow of the colossus is way different than what we got with the remake yeah it's different but you wouldn't it's but weird uncharted, since uncharted, uncharted, uncharted one uncharted was one HD is a, also yeah it was a ps3 game not ps2 i think I, but i think within within that same mindset i think god of war the first god of war could be a could be an option uh, See, that, that, I think that's oh, way fuck. less likely because why would they remake really? that game when we already have them, you know, turning that franchise into something completely different? Isn't that mixed messaging in terms of you releasing this narrative-driven third-person game and then you're remaking the, the, the more arcadey combat game? I think that is mixed messaging entirely. Hmm. Whether it's likely or not, I would fucking love oh i would love it too i'm not saying i wouldn't love it. I'm just saying oh, I don't know if that's so fucking yeah. dope, man. I love that game. Yeah. yeah, I just the outlier here, you know, the wild card. Like, what if it's a Nintendo game? What if it's Ocarina of Time or? Um, oh, that would be awesome. Since That'd since cool blessings too, yeah. here, uh, Donkey Kong sixty four, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah don't, or something. Don't say, don't say that. Um, you're gonna make me. You're gonna make me pass out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I want to get to some of the bigger games. So we're gonna kind of we're not gonna speed things up, but um, we're not gonna go as as long on some of these other things. So last year we saw Call of Duty World War Two. Obviously, Call of Duty has its deal with uh, PlayStation, where we see it on Sony stage every year. Black Ops 4 was recently released and uh, sorry released revealed and we learned more about the game it's not going to have single player they actually talked about Blackout which is their battle royale mode um, they actually didn't go too much into it they talked about the scope of the map and they talked about the fact that players will be able to control uh, beloved characters from Black Ops games before which is very odd because Call of Duty isn't necessarily a franchise with that many beloved characters in terms of the Black Ops franchise there's maybe four or five characters that are even really known or remembered so that was very interesting. We didn't well, hear anything. And you just about... killed their single player, so like, it's exactly kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, um, we, they didn't talk about player count, so they were actually questioned whether or not this uh, mode will have a hundred players, and they said we're not talking about that at this moment. So it looks like it possibly won't hit a hundred players. Um, you know, Call of Duty has never made a map of this size. I want to know: Do you guys think the Sony conference is where we get the blackout? Um, like reveal, do we see actual gameplay? Because we haven't seen that yet. That's the one thing we didn't see at the Black Ops Four reveal was gameplay of Blackout. Is that their big thing for E3? Yeah, I think I so. Think, Sorry, go ahead, blessing. I think they're. I think they're still working on it. Like I. Th- I think th- this is a. This is a mode that they're going to be working on up until release. Like the day before, they're still going to be trying to polish things out and figure out like, okay, how are we going to put this thing together? Because this, the the Call of Duty games are usually in development for three years each. And they couldn't have had the idea to do do this mode until like mm. maybe July of last year at the earliest yeah. because of I think that around then is when PUBG started to become bigger than life. Um, and it wasn't until like very recently where Fortnite started to become the, the the huge thing. Um, and so like they 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 would have had to have this idea with within less than a year. Um, and for them to have it ready uh, or like I don't think I don't think they'll have any 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 kind of gameplay ready. I think they might have fake gameplay to show at, at best um but i don't know let me that that alone makes the question whether or not they'll have it ready for e3 um, yeah. or have something ready to reveal e3 my my only argument to that and maybe dom you can answer this is 
with what Blessing said, that's true. I don't think this this game mode has been in development for more than a year and a half at most, more than likely about 12 months a year. And, um, you know, they... Activision has resources that a lot of other publishers don't, and there's a lot of secondary studios that actually help the mainline studios for the Call of Duty games. So is it is it possible that maybe they saw that this you know battle royale was going to be huge, and they moved a lot of those secondary stu studios to help and get this game mode ready? And maybe that is the point of they have been working on it for a short amount of time, but they manage their resources and push it entirely to making this come out at release for Black Ops Four and us seeing it. Uh, yeah. Okay, so the scenarios as I see it are, are what Blessing described, right? Where it's just still being worked on and there's nothing good to show yet. Yeah. Or, Jared, like you first suggested, um, uh, probably Sony is, you know, bought that kind of a the big reveal to be on their stage kind of thing. Honestly, I'm like 50-50. It could be either way. Like, Because, um, yeah, they are. this is Activision and they, they do have other studios and other help they could have brought in to get this going quicker. But, I don't know. I just... I, I, it, it could be either. Yeah. Like I said, I'm it makes me it makes me nervous because like the amount of work that has to be put in into like Call of Duty has never had a mode with a hundred players, right. and that alone <laughs> is a big Herculean task. Mm -hmm. Now they have the money where I mean they they might be able to just throw enough money to be to to make it happen, but I couldn't imagine like the amount of work it takes to like take a game that's usually like what thirty two players. I don't know how many players are usually in a Call of Duty match. Less but, than that, right? Like twelve yeah. to sixteen or so. Yeah, yeah I think the biggest. Like I think the biggest maps were twenty-four. I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Some of the I game think, modes were like yeah. domination. Or, yeah, but nowhere close to hundred. <laughs> yeah. Right. So they yeah. have they have to make an open world, which they've never done before, and then they have to put a hundred players into the same same match, which they've ne which they've never done before. Which, to me, if they're able to pull it off, then like yo that's awesome like i'm that might be game of the year worthy for them if they're able to pull it off but man i don't know uh i i, I do think that there's a chance they'll show but if they show it'll definitely be like fake gameplay i don't think they'll have anything substantial uh yeah. to show or anything like oh, so, legitimate to show so jared uh, yeah i think they could have pulled in um you know like uh resources from like blizzard right i think you have like world of warcraft and overwatch and uh you know i don't know that there's a whole pool of resources there with you know, bigger games with uh, servers that, that are made for that kind of thing. So it's possible. It's possible. Yeah. But this is really new for them, whereas, like, uh, we, we might get into it, like, with Battlefield. Um, their games are closer to Battle Royale, much more so than uh, than Call of Duty. But exactly. I'll be curious to see what, what, what else gets shown well, this like month. Like, the 100% the guaranteed thing is that the gunplay will feel good. That's always a good thing in Call of Duty games is the gunplay feels right. Blessing alluded to, it's like, they've never made a map this big, and yeah, they're, they're good at making smaller, quicker-paced maps, but in order to make a map that large and make it feel right in terms of game design and balance is not an easy feat, so it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Also, though Blizzard has done really well with microtransactions in terms of Overwatch and stuff, Activision is kind of scummy. Like, we talk about EA a lot, but we don't really talk about Activision, and they delayed microtransactions on uh, World War II last year to kind of get out of the release window of them people complaining about it. They also had the achievement for watching somebody else open a loot crate, which is kind of gross. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, a Call That's of Duty funny. Battle Royale is definitely something I could see Activision pumping in a lot of loot boxes into. So... Um, I, I'm I'm excited for it because I, I love what Call of Duty brings in terms of gameplay, um, but I'm I'm worried to see what they do with it. Op uh, cautiously this is, optimistic. This is I'm not gonna buy it, but 
this Call of Duty has me like at least on the edge um, more than usual, um, and certainly this battle royale mode is like the most interesting because played a, l- a good amount of Fortnite and it was just uh, it was just bad. Everything besides the concept of the game mode was just bad. I only played PUBG on my phone, so that doesn't really count. But it, from the gameplay I did see, otherwise it's the same kind of thing. Like I don't know, it just is looks janky and everything to me. So like to me, like a Call of Duty or or, a, or a, rather an Activision or an EA doing a battle royale mode. That has me actually interested in, you know, a, a cleaner version of this cool idea that these other studios have put together. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see what plays out. Um, next up in last year's show, we had the PSVR section where they went over a bunch of games. We had Bravo Team. We had, um, help me out here, we had the spiritual uh, predecessor to Until Dawn. What was that game called? The horror game? Mm, impatient. Oh, the Impatient. Yeah. The Impatient, yeah. No, that, that, that was technically one too, but there was the Impatient specifically. Um, so I want to know from you guys, is the PSVR section going to be a part of the show again? Are they doubling down? Are we seeing more PSVR experiences? Um, last year, one of the games we saw that hasn't released yet is from Sony uh, Interactive Entertainment's London Studio, which was Blood and Truth, which was like the mob-style game. I don't know if you guys remember uh, yeah. it, where yeah. like at the end he jumped kind of through like the window. Man. Yeah, exactly. Um, and also Supermassive, who are the ones who made The Impatient, are they working on more PSVR games? Or are they actually... You know, finally working on like an Until Dawn sequel or like an actual yeah, game. Yeah, it's about time. Um, yeah. So, what do you guys think? There's a couple questions there. Are we seeing PSVR in a section again during the Sony show? And uh, what is Supermassive working on? There's definitely going to be PSVR, a whole section somewhere. Maybe, it, maybe it's like a pre-show thing. Kind of hope yeah. not. But no, um, they have to show that they're still dedicated to it, and they'll have it yeah, right there in the middle of the show. We'll yeah, show actually, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. I think. As far as Supermassive, I think they're working on something new. I don't know if it'll be Until Dawn 2, even though it seems like they want that to be a franchise, judging from Impatient and Rush of Blood. And so it might be Until Dawn 2. I think it could also be a new thing. But uh, I think we also don't see that this year. I think that'll be next year thing. Like, I think as far as Ready at Dawn, Supermassive, like any of, the, any of Sony's first party kind of stuff, I don't think we're seeing anything new from them. Yeah. Well, I mean, even with uh, Until Dawn... I think that potentially Supermassive can go in that route of the the game they designed and maybe do a different story, right? Maybe it's not a horror story mm-hmm. focused on um, what was I forgot what the, even the the monster was in it specifically the name of it. Oh, uh, Wendig- Wendigo. Wendigo. It was a Wendigo, exactly. Yeah. So basically, they could do another horror game in that style, but not necessarily the same characters or the same um, place. Uh, that'd be really mm-hmm. interesting. But yeah, Ready at Dawn two. Uh, are we ever going to see a sequel to uh, what was eighteen eighty six? Uh, ah, yes. Yeah. Possibly. I, I mean, I, hmm. I, I, yeah, that's a tough call. Man. I, <laughs> the game I was beautiful, like see it because, but it's like, yeah, <laughs> the game had some potential. That's the thing is, like, you could definitely see where that franchise could go in really cool places, but um, I just don't know how successful it was. So who knows? I would love if Supermassive and Ready to Dawn work together on a game. That would be pretty dope. That'd be cool. Yeah. Um, so next up, this is a real quick one. Are we seeing God of War DLC in the same way we saw Horizon Zero Dawn DLC last year? No. Um, obviously, it's a month difference in terms of the release date of the game to E3, so it's a little bit shorter of a time span. Is there even a chance we see DLC teased? Corey Barlog said we're not at all going to see DLC, so should we Definitely. take him at his did, word? Did Horizon Zero Dawn, when that first came out, did it have a season pass or anything like that? Good no. question. I don't no. know. It did not. Yeah. No? It did not. Hmm. Um... I don't know why Corey Barlog is so adamant that we're not going to see it, or why like 
why wouldn't you want to do that? You know, I, it doesn't make sense to me. But either way, I guess it's not happening. So the he talked about I, I can't remember who what show he was on that I was listening to him talk about, and the way he talked about having this game, the game that just came out, the way that the story was, I can't say too much without spoiling it, but the story in this game was specifically about that and nothing bigger, um, and that's how he mm-hmm. wanted it. That was how it was intended. Um, so the way he talked about that, and then obviously him saying there's not going to be any DLC, you know, I totally believe him that there won't be any DLC. But, they're going to be going right under the next one. Yeah, like, not me, like right now, but soon. Why wouldn't you, if that were the case, which I can totally understand, why wouldn't you do like Last of Us Left Behind, you know, where it's like completely different and separate? Um, you're even playing as a different character to where, yeah, it's in that world, but it really doesn't have much to do with that uh, seemingly little kind of self-contained story that they were trying that, to tell or whatever. That I could see then. That is a good idea. That's yeah. I just, well, I just, if he's saying it's not happening, I, I believe him, and I just don't know why he wouldn't be a little more open-minded to something like that. Because you I could literally it's... do something like well, when Atreus was getting trained earlier or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I like, think it, uh, instead of Link's crossbow training, <laughs> Atreus's bow training. It could partially be due to it, the industry now. We're, we're hearing a lot about crunch and how bad it is, obviously. And it seems like Sony Santa Monica was, not, I wouldn't say rushed, but they were doubling down on getting this game out in time. And we even saw the jokes by Sean Layden at last year's PSX of like, hey, you should be back at the studio working on the game. And obviously he was being playful like and stuff. That felt yeah. gross. I was like, dude, um, this guy's clearly stressed the fuck out and doing his best to get this game done. And you're like, finish the game, man. Finish yeah. the game. Like, come on, dude. And I, I could be out a month ago. Exactly. I think it could be that the team is just, they got this game out. It came out to great critical success. And I think they're just breathing in right now right and i think they're just not even worrying about that and i think cory barlock saying we're not doing dlc isn't necessarily that end all be all you're not going to see it i think it's that's not their focus right now as a team they're not even worrying about that right now right they're taking their victory lap my my biggest thing is it's they seemingly still have two teams because um you know they're while god of war was being worked on um, they had their canceled sci-fi game. So unless they just merged that team into the God of War team, um, it seems like they would have a, a separate team working on a different game now. Yeah. Um, and then the God of War team doing the sequel. Uh, Blessing, I forgot. Did you play Destiny 2 at all? Oh, yeah. I, pl- I played it a lot that month. Okay. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> obviously a, a huge part of the player base has fallen off. A majority of it, I've even fallen off. And we're supposed to be seeing the big September expansion. This is supposed to be the expansion that gets people back in and interested. Um, they're going to be fixing a lot of the systems, apparently. What does Destiny 2 have to show in terms of that expansion to get people interested again? Because it seems like Bungie's trying everything they can, and it's just not enough. And will we, see, in today's day and age of, of a lot of these games coming out, would an expansion even bring back that player base in the same way it did years ago? I think what they need to do... Is to come out and be like, yo, here's Destiny 3. All right, guys, here's here's a brand new experience. Damn. No, not really. I, I, I think. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what they could do <laughs> to bring people back because I'm definitely not. I'm definitely done. Um, And like, I'm I'm just a person who like as, as soon as I finished the campaign, finished the raid, finished all that stuff. I was like, OK, cool. That was fun. Um, And I don't really come back for any kind of DLC or, or expansions. And I don't know if they since Destiny is such a a different thing from what we've seen from 
these types of games as far as like MMOs and, and, and things like that, right? It's not a free to play game. It's not a subscription pay, uh, based game, and so you're not repeatedly paying to come back. Um, and I don't know if the audience that they're they're cultivating is an audience that understands that like this is a game that you continually pay for the new packs and then come back and play that and play that like. I, I think the amount of people that that'll buy a big story DLC is less than if it was a if it was a free to play game or if it was a subscription based title, um, yeah. but yeah, I don't I I don't know what they could show, and I'm like I'm so far gone from D- Destiny Two that I don't know what people's complaints are anymore, um, because I stopped I, I legit stopped playing that game in October. Actually, so, when that game came out, September. Yeah, October. I stopped uh, playing. So um, here's the thing: with the complaints that people have, they feel as if, um, and this has kind of been noted by Bungie themselves, is that Bungie created a game for a more casual audience. Instead of mm. doubling down on the hardcore audience that stuck with with de- the first Destiny for three plus years, they basically said we want to get everybody. So we're going to try to cater to the hardcore while also catering to the casual. And the way that ended up working out is that they didn't really cater to anyone if that makes sense you know you try to hit both camps to get neither of them and we're currently in a place where unlike destiny we have the division 2 and anthem coming out early 2019 this is destiny's last hurrah if this september expansion doesn't hit which even if it does i don't think it's bringing a lot of that player base back just because we live in a different time with red dead redemption 2 and a lot of other multiplayer games coming out and mm-hmm. man with anthem and the division right around the corner the division 2 it's like even if we see a destiny 2 expansion trailer it probably won't even be the talk of the show if we see a big a big gameplay reveal from Anthem and The Division 2. Those games may bring more promise to that kind of player because they're like, oh, this is something that is actually promising something, not a game that's trying to um, basically give you, you know, fulfill the promises that they didn't hit. It's just weird how Destiny 2, you people thought that it was going to be what the end of Destiny 1 was, and in a lot of ways they pulled back on all of that stuff, and you're kind of starting from scratch again, so... Yeah, Destiny 2 is in a tough place. Destiny 3 is going to have to do a lot when it's unveiled to bring people back and promise a lot of stuff. And, yeah, it's 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 a very odd thing for them to be able to get that core audience again in the same way they captured with Destiny 1. Um, yeah. I wonder where I, their head's at with it. Because I think if I was if I was Activision or uh, Bungie uh, and I was seeing this, and, I, and I'd probably be of the mind of, like, okay, we, got, we can – We'll continue to support this game, but we got to start thinking about what Destiny Three is going to be. We got to start thinking about what the next thing is going to be, um, because it very, from what I've seen on my timeline from people uh, being very vocal about this game, it very much seems like people are, are just checked out. It seems like people are are done, um, sadly. Yeah, we have so many games like it on the horizon, and that's not even taking into account Fortnite and PUBG and the battle royale games. Yeah. Like Destiny Two has a lot bigger of a fight and doesn't have a lot a lot of the room that the first Destiny did. Um, let's hop into the lingering questions and speculation portion. So Sean Layden stated via the uh, blogs, the PlayStation Blogcast, which is a podcast that they do on the PlayStation uh, blog website. Um, he stated that four games will be the focus of Sony's E3 2018 presentation. He stated that those games will receive extensive insight into each game. Layden stated that these would be the first party focus, but that Sony would also have surprises from third party partners and indies. He hinted that this year's media event will be different from the ones in years past. Which is kind of weird for him to come out and say this stuff. We don't normally see this kind of uh, announcement from anybody, much less Sean Layden. Uh, the four games that he mentioned were Last of Us Part Two, Death Stranding, Ghost of Tsushima, and Spider-Man PS4. So let's talk about those in terms of the ones that we assume are coming soonest. Obviously, we already have a release date for Spider-Man PS4. Um, the thing I want to talk about is, you know, last year ended their show. 
Um, actually, no, it was second to last, right? Did Days Gone end their show last year? I'm trying to remember. No, Days Gone Spider-Man. was the year before. Yeah, it was Spider-Man. Sp- yeah. Last year was Spider-Man, yeah. yeah. And it also had the Miles Morales stinger. Um, what I want to talk about now is in the last couple of years, we've kind of seen that the games that are coming out soonest are usually the ones they feature at the front of their conference. Does Spider-Man open the show for Sony? Uh, how much more are we going to see? And uh, this is highly unlikely, but still a question I want to ask. Do we see the console bundle reveal on stage uh, during the trailer as well of gameplay or whatever mm-hmm. we see? I mean, do you mean like literally they're going to have it on a pedestal like the console? No, no, no. I'm saying yeah. like during during the gameplay trailer, it, at the end of it, it shows okay. the, the console bundle and it shows the, the custom PS4. Yeah, I think so. I think they might. I think there's a good chance of that. Um, I think it'll be a, a slim. I think it's not a pro. I'm gonna go go with that one. Um, but yeah, I could see that at the end of the trailer, and that probably this is, yeah, they lead off with Spider-Man, or it's near the front. I don't, I don't think they're gonna do the the end with it kind of thing again. That'll probably be The Last of Us or Death Stranding. Yeah, uh, it's it's tough because we've seen quite a bit of this game, especially with the Game Informer coverage, right? So, how much yeah. more are we gonna have to see? I mean, everyone's sold think... on it by now. It's the reason I'm getting a PS4. So. I think they show us well yeah I think they show us that PS4 bundle and I think they show us the main villain. I think that's like the thing left that they that oh, they can show. Right. Yeah. Cuz the so, like, electric guy is not the main Mr. villain. Mr. Negative, yeah. Sorry, yeah. my ignorance is showing. Yeah. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> I don't I think, think he has electric powers either. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Even even Spider-Man fans rarely a lot of them know who Mr. Negative is. He's a deep yeah, cut. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I think it could be like Goblin. I think that's a good guess. I think I I Maybe Venom, maybe I have no, I have no idea. I think it'll, they'll, they'll definitely show like one of the big Spider-Man villains to be like the main villain and be like, hey, by the way, here's here's uh, Carnage and like he's, I don't know what Carnage does, but he's doing his Carnage thing. I think that's how. I think he's that's basically how. Venom. Well, we know it's yeah. not Goblin. <laughs> we know it's not either of the Goblins because Insomniac already stated that in the story of this game, they're overseas doing some stuff, and I think that's their way of writing mm-hmm. them out so they're the big villain for the sequel. But they stated in the mm-hmm. Game Informer coverage that. The Osbournes, as we, they, they didn't speculate the whole game or beginning of the game or whatever. They just said the Osbournes are in an, somewhere else. <laughs> okay, I so, missed that because I remember in one of the trailers there being a billboard. Of there like is a billboard Osborne saying he's mayor. running for mayor. Yeah, but they're 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 not going to be there during the events of the Spider-Man game. And also the okay. Spider-Man mm-hmm. game, I think, takes place over, I think they said like eight weeks or something, two months. Okay. It's a short time span. The whole game takes place. But uh, So do you think... Uh, yeah, they probably reveal, you know, the main villain. But do you think this game, and maybe they've already said this, it's kind of like Arkham where um, there's a ton of villains just in, as side quests thrown all over it type of thing? It's tough because it can go either way, right? Because we've seen kind of that, that uh, format for past Spider-Man games where they throw the, the whole rogues gallery at you. But it could be that, no, there's less villains, right? And they kind of make those character arcs mean more so there's maybe like you know 10 villains or so but you have multiple encounters with some of them instead of throwing you 30 plus villains and making it feel like cannon fodder it's it's tough it, which direction they go um yeah i i think it's going to open the show to you uh, it seems like that's the most likely candidate and uh i think they they're going to show us some surprising things there's probably going to be like a like a post logo like teaser stinger like they did with miles morales but i don't think they're going full bore on it i still think they want to insomniac wants to keep some surprises but to blessing's point i do think we see the reveal of a big villain whoever that is um we'll see though the next one um i'm going in terms of things that we're probably going to see soonest so ghost of shishima obviously is sucker punch's new game we finally saw it at a uh, paris games week last year 
Uh, Jordan was waiting a long time to see this game. We'd been wondering what they were doing. Their last release was First Light, Infamous First Light in 2014. Um, so if it releases in 2019 next year, it'll have been five years in development, we would think. Obviously, there's pre-production. They could have changed the direction of what game they were making. Uh, we know it's a third-person open-world game. Obviously, it's a Sucker Punch game. Um, and It's a Sony game. Exactly. <laughs> that, too. Uh, so Sucker Punch is great at movement. And one thing I want to ask you guys, too, with this game, because we don't know a whole lot. We know it t it centers around a guy who's one of the last samurais. It takes place on the island of Tsushima. Um, and we know there's going to have some weird spiritual elements to it. And a couple, a uh, couple questions I have for you guys is, will the horseback riding be game-changing? We know that Sucker Punch is good at movement, and we know it seems like the main mode of transportation in this game is going to be horse riding. Um, we saw him riding a horse in the reveal. And the other thing is, uh, is this going to feel like a Feudal Japan superhero game? What I mean by that is we know there's supernatural elements. We know Sucker Punch has experience say, yeah. with superhero games. Um, so do you think it's going to be, it's going to lean into that? It's going to feel like a Feudal Japan superhero game. So those are two questions. Yeah. Horseback riding and then the, the feel of a Sucker Punch game, I guess, is what you would call it. Yeah, I don't think you're necessarily going to be able to fly around. But oh, yes. yeah. I do think you might be able to to blast off the ground a little bit and um, run up some walls a little bit, something like that, uh, because... Some Jordan-type shit. <laughs> there you go. The uh, the way that they revealed it uh, with the supernatural elements and obviously the uh, past of the, the history of the studio, I think that um, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, Blessing, do you think this game will have stealth at any point in the game? An emphasis on stealth. I, hmm. I don't know. I think it could. I'm still, like, in the air of, of what is this game. Uh, yeah. Like, I mean, I, I, I think the way you move is going gonna, is gonna to say a lot about what, what, how this game, how you interact with this game. Um, I think the horseback riding, if executed well, I think it could be a huge thing. Because, like, if you think to other games that have horseback riding, right? Red Dead Redemption, Metal Gear Solid Five, Ocarina of Time, Witcher 3, Witcher. Shadow of the Colossus all masterpieces and so like this game has the potential to be a masterpiece breath yeah. of the wild like come on like they, i think there's a big uh a big chance that if this game has horses then it's gonna be a masterpiece um but yeah other than that i'm very curious because I'm, I'm i legitimately have no idea uh what this what this game is going to be like i keep thinking back to neo like is this going is this going to have uh that type of combat like or the god of war kind of combat where it's more methodical and slower rather than hack and slash like i i I have a lot of questions. Um, yeah. Make no mistakes, Jared. Lots of stealth in this game. Lots Major of stealth. Major stealth. Oh, <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Um, so the next thing I want to get to is Last of Us Part Two. Um, just like I talked about with Spider-Man opening the show, do we think that this is going to close out the show? Um, I also want to know from you guys how much gameplay do you think we're seeing? Are we seeing Ali and Joel together uh, once again, or is this something different? Are we mm -hmm. seeing Ali on her own? Are we seeing Joel at all? And also, do we get a release year window? Uh, are we going to get a loose, like, 2019? Um, do we know when this game's coming out? So those are some of the questions I have for you guys. For the last one? Yeah, I think they say next year. Okay. That's, hmm. Does it close out the big. show? Do we think it closes out the show this year? Yes. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Most I think likely. It, I think it follows a 15-minute trailer for Death Stranding. Um, and they can't, they can't, <laughs> they can't, they can't close out a show with like that long of a trailer for Death Stranding and solo do a class with. And I think, yeah, it'll be, I think we'll get, we'll get gameplay. Um, I think it'll be 2019. I don't know if they'll say 2019 because Sony's really weird about. Oh, it won't actually happen, right? Yeah. That it'll come out. I 2019. think they will because 
No, that they I say think they that will it, say 2019, 2019 uh, because um, I really do believe that PS5 reveal is going to be next spring and then come out next really? fall. Really? Yeah. So I think that this is going to be uh, probably late spring uh, or early summer of next year. Putting your balls Kinda around like the table. The, the original uh, Last of Us was mm. where it's basically the swan song for this console. Do you yeah. think Death Stranding is a PS4 game then? Or PS5 game? Oh, 100%. I think it'll be both. I yeah, think it'll think be it'll the, be the generation gap game, yeah. yeah. Interesting. I just see I see them saying 2019, um, and then, you know, early next year they'll say, yeah, this fall, and then eventually it's an Dog game, so it's going to get pushed into the 2020 spring or whatever. Yeah. My, I don't know, man. They revealed it in 2016? End of 2016? Was it? Yeah. PSX, um, right? So the way I see things playing out is I think Ghost of Tsushima is their spring game for next year. I think that hits the Horizon Zero Dawn God of War date. Just because we know this game's been in development for so long that I think that they can come out swinging. And I think Ghost of Tsushima is Sony's kind of uh, move towards showing a game off showing it fully, and then releasing it really close. I think this is going to be their first yeah. example of that. Shorter and PR t- term or whatever. Exactly. Last of Us Part Two, I could definitely see coming out next year at that E3 timeline that they, they've been known to right. hit. Um, but yeah. I could see it being pushed to... Not necessarily pushed, because I don't think they'll give the date until it's absolutely locked in, but I could see it you know, being in the fall. Um, but I do think both of those games, in my opinion, are planned for 2019. Ghost of Tsushima and Last of Us. Yeah. Um, and what about Days Gone. Uh, they already said gone, 2019 yeah. as well. That one's weird. I think that one can be anywhere in the first half of the year. I think that one might take the um, Quantic Dream um, route and be released after Ghost of Tsushima in like a time where it fits in well where not a, a lot of other games are releasing and try to take advantage of that is what I think. I think that uh, with Last of Us, you got to realize that um, Uncharted 4 has been out for quite a while now, and you... I mean, Lost Legacy's been out for a while now, and, yeah. um, you know, they were working on Last of Us when Uncharted was released, so, I mean, this game is not, you know, everyone thinks it's uh, forever away, but I just that, I don't believe. How long has that been, then, that they would have been working on? Three years? Well, so, Lost by... Legacy wasn't being developed by the whole Naughty Dog team. Um, sure. And that released well, in... Well, there's two teams. Yeah, that released in, uh, like, fall 2016, if memory serves me yeah. correct. So then they had all. They had the end of 2016. They had all of last year, uh, and then they have this year as well. So I, yeah, I could definitely see it. But it was. Uh, that's what I'm saying is it was being worked on before Uncharted Four. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Prime was even released. Yeah. Yeah, and it, like I think like four years for a development cycle is is a pretty good like that's like a pretty good long development cycle if we're if we're uh, presuming it's releasing by next year. So that's 2015 to 2019. Yeah. Um, and also like they. They've already created a game for the PS4, which means that they've ar- they're already used to this console. They already have that kind of infrastructure going, and so they they, I, I have no doubts that this game will be out by next year. I think it'll be next fall. Is my is my uh, assumption? If we're going with Ghost of Stream Tsushima is spring, Days Gone is also spring. Then yeah, Last of Us is a is a big enough game that it could release in the fall, and so I could see that. Um, yeah, yeah, and I don't. I'm I'm of the mind that PS5 is 2020, um, and I think. I guess I guess we're about to get into the Death Stranding conversation, so I can, <laughs> yeah. I can save that. Um, okay, real quick with PS Five, I just want to ask. I was listening to Podcast Beyond, and they were talking about twenty twenty one for PS Five being. Uh, I think that's too far. 
Yeah, yeah, I think it's a bit too I, far. I was just like, what the fuck are you talking about? That's that's insane. That's almost a 10-year cycle yeah. at that point. I think yeah. 2020s, I think, is a, a solid date in terms of uh, marketing and stuff. It's a nice round number, too. Um, it's it's tough because, like, the, the iterations of the Pro and the Xbox One X, it's tough to see where everything shakes out. Um, but I True. do think the next Xbox comes out 2020. I don't think they, they show it next year, but who knows? We'll see. The, the um, only thing with those iterative consoles is that, like, they don't make the games bigger. Like, you can't do... You can't really further the game that much. For one, because you're still having to put it on the PS4 console. But for two, it's really just, like, um, higher resolutions, maybe a couple of little things, like the, the shaders or whatever. But really, it's not changing the nature of the game. Whereas something like PS5, like the way that the game is being processed stuff like that could be totally different so. uh, yeah. we have a we have a we have a colin moriarty on our hands uh let's <laughs> let's let's talk about death stranding um so this is the game that i personally think is the farthest off um i, I oh yeah there's no way in how this game That's comes facts. out in 2019 <laughs> yeah um so hideo kojima I'm, was sorry go ahead blessing i'm very confident in 2020 for this yeah game. uh so he's he was teasing a trailer for a while and then he kind of just revealed that there's going to be a trailer he posted a picture of an adobe premiere project that was basically called dead stranding trailer um so we're going to be seeing that mm-hmm. um we we don't really need to answer the how far off is this game i think none of us believe this game is coming out in 2019 uh so i don't no. think that's really a conversation sure. needs we had um the, the question i want to ask you guys is are we seeing another celebrity cameo like are we seeing another celebrity we don't know about that's going to be in this game and at the end of this trailer, will we have a concrete vision of what this game is? Will we know um, like what we can expect from actually playing this game? We know the concept, we know everything behind the game, the theme, but will we know what this game actually is by the end of that trailer? No, we won't know that until we've all beat it, and then we've watched 100 YouTube videos about <laughs> what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Then yeah. maybe we know. Um, as far as the celebrity cameo, I think uh, probably the next reveal... As far as that goes, I'm leaning towards Diane Kruger, uh, which she was uh, the blonde woman in um, Inglorious Bastards. Not the lady that ran the theater, but the other one that was uh, helping them out in the, the basement bar. Um, she is, for one, she's been dating Norman Reedus, and she's also posted pictures of, um, what do you call it, the motion capture suit? her being in one and Mm. they've compared the pictures and it's the same capture suit that Norman Reedus wore. Um, so there's, and there's more evidence you can look, especially young. Yeah. On YouTube has, um, tons of videos like that, uh, going into that in depth. So, um, but from the evidence that I've seen, it does look like she's probably going to be in there. Yeah. That's crazy. I was leaning. No, until you said that, I didn't realize that was out there. He's got some Um, facts (laughs) because like, yo, that's, I don't know how much of a budget that this game has, but for it to already have Guillermo del Toro, Norman Reedus, and uh, Mads Nicholson, like I don't know how how Kojima's Kojima slash PlayStation is affording all this slash justifying p- spending all this money for these for these celebrities. I think um, it's partially yeah. friendship. Kojima seems like he has like tangible right. friendships with these guys, so I think he's getting him at a, yeah. at a budget price. Yeah. I don't think he's paying the Hollywood prices for them. Yeah. Interesting. One other... I don't think he becomes friends with Emma Stone then. <laughs> One other piece of evidence is that she's bilingual. Um, well, I think trilingual, I guess, because uh, she speaks German, English, and uh, French. And I'm pretty positive that the 
area that Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro's in when he's got the baby in his hand is Germany, if I remember correctly. Mm. It's something like that, but it, it makes sense that like she speaks the languages that the game takes place in. Yeah. I, I mean, I also have a strong belief that we could potentially see somebody from the new Mad Max film, because if you look at Kojima's like, Twitter and Instagram and stuff, he's like madly in love with that film. He's seen it, I think, like 20-plus times. He's seen the black-and-white version like it'd be insane if we saw like Charlize Theron or uh, Tom Hardy or somebody. Mm. Um, obviously, they're like next caliber in terms of Hollywood price points. But you know, Kojima is a friendly guy. He seems to make friends with all these people. And like I said before, I think he's getting them at a reduced Hollywood rate. I don't think he's paying them what they would get for a big production. I think they're kind of giving him the the friend discount, right? So I don't know. Mm. We'll see. It's it's very interesting. I from somebody who's a creative and I love art. I've really liked what we've seen from Death Stranding trailers. I think they're very abstract and weird and awesome. From a person who plays video games, I'm not a fan of them necessarily because they're not selling us on what the actual game is. It's like this weird dichotomy there for me of like, I love what he's doing in terms of art, but in terms of being a fan of games, I kind of just want to see what the game is by now, dude. Like, I just, I want to see what we're doing in terms of gameplay, you know? We've seen, I don't think think we've seen that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I do think I it's think, about time for a gameplay reveal. I agree. Yeah, I hope so. I think we'll we'll get another long trailer, another like long like I think we might get a little bit of what the story is, maybe, but like that's depending on what the story is, like that might not even be apparent to us till after we beat the game. We're like, oh yeah, wow, the trailers revealed everything. Um, <laughs> that was the end. <laughs> the first trailer yeah. was the end. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I seeing how Sony works, I think they're very mindful of when they how like how they communicate when a game is close right i think i think by the time we see gameplay that means the game is within a year good off. point um and i, I think until then like because I, I i think they really ingrained it into the mind minds of the people of like hey the more cinematic stuff we show you the further the further out a thing is right like the yeah. final fantasy 7 remake trailer like we're not getting we're not getting that game until forever um because that was super cinematic uh we didn't know what that game was until after the trailer was done and so like I, I I don't know, man. I I I hope that I think I think we're gonna get a lot of what the game is from the whatever thing they do after the trailer. I think they're gonna do like a long elongated interview with Kojima, kind of like what they did at um, PSX. Um, I think we'll get something like that because they Sony really much very much communicated that this is gonna be a different kind of E3. Yeah. And so I do think we we get dev interviews and stuff like that. And I think they'll talk to Kojima and kind of have us like have him kind of explain like oh yeah this is what you're going to be doing there's going to be i think we're going to get a reveal of a, a social media integration in this game i think this, that's going to be a large aspect of it because kojima has kind of hinted in the past of wanting to do weird stuff like that um but yeah i'm very i'm i'm very curious on kind of what more they have to show um so you just reminded me of something uh i know we're not talking about last of us anymore but i do think that that uh presentation whatever it is i think it'll be because I think the Paris Games Week uh, trailer was just a cutscene, and so as opposed mm. to the reveal trailer, which seemed like you know an actual trailer trailer, so I think that what we're gonna see with Last of Us is basically just a cutscene like Paris Games Week, but that it's gonna you know like whoever you're playing as, it'll have them, and then the camera will spin around, and then it goes straight into gameplay, just like with God of War. Plenty of that games would be do sick. That, that yeah. would be awesome. 
Um, so let's get into some lingering questions here. Um, we're running long, so I don't want to spend too much time on them. So instead of having a, like a round robin discussion, I think I'm just gonna shoot these at individuals and see what you guys think. So the Spyro Remaster, blessing. Are this game's coming out in September? Are we seeing that on Sony stage? Are we seeing it in the pre-show? Is this even gonna be mentioned considering it's coming out so soon? I think we'll see gameplay in the pre-show. Okay. Um, next up, Dom, you brought this up. Days Gone. We saw the Game Informer coverage. And Layden, uh, Sean Layden was actually, you know, he didn't mention in the four games we're going to be seeing. So does this mean we're going to see an absence of Days Gone from the show? I think so. I think it's just going to yeah, go radio silent. Um, and then in a few months, um, yeah, we'll get that release date for like, you know, February 2019 or whatever. It's Wait, hard to show. Do you think it's partially Game's because they, like they want to show yeah. off Last of Us Part Two so much and they don't want to have two zombie-ish games? Like they don't want to have yeah. Days Gone and, and Last of Us Part Two. Yeah, I think so. And yeah, they they're just trying to be careful with how they how they position these two games, but uh, that's probably a big part of it. But Days Gone, it, people are kind of lukewarm on it, it seems. So I think they're being especially careful. Um, in, in the words of Michael Huber, yeah. "Swimming in Sevens." I think it'll be a good game, though. I think people are thinking it's a seven. I think it has potential to be better than that. Um, I think it will I, redefine. I don't think it'll be more than an eight. <laughs> Jesus, I, Jared, I I'm very we'll... after watching game after watching all the Game Informer coverage. I am in a worse place with that game. I, before, I was like, oh, oh yeah, this geez. game's going to be fine. I don't know what everybody's talking about. Then I, then I watched the gaming for, former interviews and the coverage and stuff. And, like, the, the the thing that tipped me off was when, like, I, I think the gaming former interview, he was, at, he was saying, like, okay, so, like, what's going to separate this game from, like, other zombie games? Or, like, were you surprised by the impressions that people got from this game? And the thing that the, the dev said, I think it was the lead dev, I don't know his name, he was like, oh, well, I mean... I didn't think that people would really consider this as a zombie game because I thought we communicated that these were freakers, not zombies. And like as soon as oh I heard that, I was like, God. "Okay, man, come on, man!" <laughs> like, like, oh you know. yeah, Last of Us isn't a zombie game either. Okay. Yeah, um, exactly. I think well, that... Walking Dead isn't a zombie series. They're walkers. <laughs> Sorry, that that I... got me up- upset. Um, <laughs> I think that uh, I hate to be too harsh, but I think that Bend is Sony's least talented first-party studio. And um, if you look at their history, that's just how, how it looks to me and in, in this being included. So I think this is going to be definitely one of the lower rated, if not the lowest rated of all the PS4 first party exclusives. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it's bad because all the other hmm. ones are, are really highly rated. Do you, so. do you think yeah. it'll be rated better or worse than 1886? What's 1886? Um, what, did it, what did it come out to? Because I know it was very short, but I don't know what the critical like ratings were well just to note it's not a first party exclusive so it wouldn't be in that category i was oh, talking about but uh yeah it's ready to dawn second party but um uh, i think it'll be just a little bit better than that like that a lot of people were given like sixes or sevens too yeah, yeah. it's metacritic? a 63 on metacritic on metacritic yeah, yeah so that mm. that's what i was thinking Damn. i think this will be more 75 to 80 this game just reads like Walking Sons of Dead Anarchy, and I'm like, no, thank you. That's <laughs> we'll like everything I fucking love. So. Yeah. Um, and there, so, there was another quote from the interview where they uh, he was talking about the open world, and he was like, man, this open world is gonna be so unique from any other open world game. It's gonna be different. You're gonna have a really, you're gonna have a feeling of like wherever you go, there's gonna be things that want to kill you. You're gonna have things attacking you wherever you go. And I'm like, dude, you just described every single open world game that exists. Yeah. <laughs> Which is funny because so. that's my problem when people explain the world of Breath of the Wild a lot of times in certain aspects um it's just it's dev talk they're excited about their game uh, yeah. wherever you go a breath yeah. of the wild you're going to be so bored you might fall asleep um so the question for you jordan <laughs> moving on uh japan studio uh what do you think they're doing real quick you don't have to go along on it are we seeing a reveal of knack three <laughs> okay i won't go <laughs> along i got you i got you yeah. 
yeah, I think I've mentioned this a bunch of times. If anything, if they're not doing something totally brand new after Gravity Rush, then I'm saying it's Bloodborne 2. Interesting. Really? From doesn't, From doesn't, well, okay, they worked on the first game. They co-developed it with From, hmm. and it's a Sony-owned IP, and uh, a lot of people think of uh, Studio Japan is just be a Team Eco, but Team Eco is a part of Studio Japan. So, Studio Japan is uh, known for co-developing the Bloodborne and then the Gravity Rush series. So, I think mm. that um, after Gravity Rush, they moved on to Bloodborne too because From doesn't seem to be that interested, and I don't see Sony letting that IP go, especially after they did that already with Demon Souls and then recaptured uh, the From magic with Bloodborne. So let me jump off of that to one of the next bullet points, Jared. Um, so that From Software trailer we saw at the Game Awards, I think it was, the Shadows Die Twice one, I'm going to go ahead and say that that is not on Sony's stage and that whatever it is, it's not Bloodborne, but it's a multi-platform game. Yeah, I think so yep. too. I agree. I think it's Tenchu. Possibly. I, I just don't think it's Bloodborne too, and I don't think it's on Sony's stage. I'm with yeah. you on those two points, yeah. Um, I think Japan Studio is working on everybody's tennis. <laughs> um, stop uh, blessings stop. The, I want it so bad and once it's, once it's out you guys will too there has to be I, no, I, I would love I would love that to be the case but I just want them to fucking make Bloodborne too me <laughs> and Jordan are going to be busy, busy playing uh, Mario Tennis Aces so Oh, <laughs> I'm gonna be playing that too. Getting pumped. I know. Uh, I know. All of us aren't like huge Resident Evil guys, but blessing. Do you think we finally see the Resident Evil Two remake we've been hearing about for the last like three years? Does that uh, show no, up I think it's gonna be three more years. We do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I yeah. think there's a possibility, but uh, I don't even think who, if that's big that's enough Capcom, for Sony right? stage. Yeah, it's Capcom. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, dude, if it's if it's a a real thing that's happening, which I do believe it is, that's why we haven't heard about it. Like, that's not something that you just, like, let fall into the darkness. If they were going to cancel it, they would let us know. And the fact that we haven't heard really or seen really anything, but they're still, like, kind of, you know, on their Twitter accounts, the developers are still kind of talking about it and stuff. Um, I absolutely think that's big enough for Sony's stage. I mean, Resident Evil's huge, so. I think we either get that or Devil May Cry, but not both. It's just weird because... I think Resident Evil 2 remakes in a tough spot because if they keep the fixed camera angles, I think that turns off a lot of people who didn't play nah, the original nah. that are interested in it. It'll be, it'll and, be revelations. They'll they'll kind of just uh, pull off of the revelations games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and do you think that might alienate some older fans who are like, I wanted to keep fixed camera, who don't want to live in the the modern age of, of video games? You know, like it, it's going to be tough. I think. No matter what they do with that game, I think a portion of their fan base is going to be pissed off, but I think that's a calculated risk they have to make. Um, I think you see it on the screen, and it fades into a Blue Point logo. God. Uh, <laughs> no, they do it. Yeah. We do it. Capcom, um, we do it. Kingdom Hearts 3, Jordan, are we getting the release date? Obviously, the PlayStation Showcase happens after Square Enix. Do you think Square right. Enix lets PlayStation unveil the release date? No, I think uh, you'll see the release date at the end of a trailer at Square Enix and I don't even think this is probably going to show up on Sony's stage just because so, uh, Square Enix does already have their conference and Sony probably already has enough stuff to pack their you know long ass 45 minutes that they're going to do because they just <laughs> love cutting it under an hour from now on for some reason I don't understand why but uh, yeah they get, they keep it short and sweet these days and so with Kingdom Hearts already getting its props over at the Squeenix conference, I think that'll be enough. 
Well, that's the crazy thing is, uh, you know, PlayStation last couple years hasn't gone over an hour. Um, I think they've been around like not even close. Yeah. So if you think we're getting the four big uh, unveilings of the, the those games, that's eight to ten minutes apiece. So you're looking at thirty six to fifty minutes. So it's like yep. Th- yeah, yeah, and then I think you'll get. Uh, sorry if I'm bringing this up too early, but I think you'll get Rocksteady's game reveal, and then probably one or two, uh, one of these Capcom reveals, and then maybe one other third party at the most. Rocksteady's interesting because I could totally see that ending up on Microsoft stage as well, but they have a history with PlayStation. It just depends. Like we yeah. don't know exactly how PlayStation thinks in terms of third parties of like if they want to include them. Like same thing with Kingdom Hearts three, though that's different because Square Enix has their own show. Like, well, does Rocksteady even make the cut for a PlayStation show nowadays? You know, it's very tough. Regardless, regardless, I, yeah, no, I think Rocksteady is absolutely the type of people that PlayStation want on stage. I think they absolutely make the cut, and PlayStation would love to have them there, uh, regardless of what it is. I think it's most likely Superman, but I'm not sure. Superman might be WB Montreal, though, so I don't know. Yeah. What the what what third parties did they have last year? They had Monster Hunter, Call of Duty, of course. Um, uh, Destiny. 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 I think we see. I think we see people like that. I think we see we see Capcom. We see the Activision stuff. Um, but I don't know. I don't know what else. Because Sony is very much like, hey, we're we're gonna advertise like the biggest of the big games. Like if if Rockstar did E three, they'd probably end up on playstation's stage but i don't think they're going to be there that's another um, talking point is everyone thinks rockstar is going to show up on sony they're not i yeah. I, I vehemently yeah. disagree with that yeah I rockstar is going to show up on a random tuesday in july yeah i think you'll get four third-party trader trailers you'll get rocksteady you'll get one of the two capcom games you'll get call of duty and you'll get destiny that sounds about right yeah um I don't think there's any other third parties or anything to talk about. We already covered from software. Don brought that up. We already covered Rocksteady. Jordan brought that up, so we're good there. Um, let's get into the predictions. Um, I don't want to go over last year's because some of them uh, were a little bit crazy, but I do want to mention that Jordan got one prediction right last year. He said that we would see Horizon Zero Dawn DLC trailer, and we did get that. It was actually the second thing shown last year. Um, so congrats, Jordan. You're the only one that got a PlayStation prediction right last year. Uh, and that show was me, Dom, Jordan and Ian Hink from Easy Allies. He was kind enough to join us last year, so that was really great. Um, let's get into predictions. So the way this works, to make it fair for everybody, we're going to go round robin. So I'm going to state a prediction, and then it's going to go to Jordan, Dom, and then Blessing. Each of us have three predictions. Um, you can make a prediction about the same game, just obviously not the same exact prediction. So say, for instance, I my, one of my predictions is a Ghost of Tsushima release date. Uh, Jordan can do the same thing. Uh, but it has to be a different release date or something else in there, a different caveat. Um, so I'm going to go first. My first prediction revolves around Spider-Man. Um, I think it opens the show. That's part. My prediction is three-part. So I think it opens the show. I think Rhino is a big set piece in the trailer. I think he's the fight that we see. Um, I think he's a big enough character for people who know Spider-Man, but he's not going to be the main villain of the game by any means. I think we hmm. see... Um, a, a fight play out in the way we expect it, but then there's a turn. So I think it's going to play out in the way that normally a rhino fight would be where, you know, you aggro him and make him run into things. But I think there's going to be a slight variation in that gameplay that really gets us excited about fighting him in this Spider-Man game. And the other part of my prediction is we know two of the three uh, pre-order bonus suits. We know Punk Spidey and we know Infinity War Iron Spider-Man suit. I think we get the unveiling of the third pre-order suit, and I think it's going to be the black symbiote suit. I think it's going to be the last pre-order suit is the, the black Spider-Man suit. Um, you mean symbiote? 
God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Potato, um, potato. Um, yeah, so that's my prediction. Spider-Man opens the show. We see Rhino, and the black suit is unveiled. Uh, as the pre-order bonus, specifically. So that's my prediction. Um, Jordan, you're up. So... Real quick, I just want to say, if we don't get a Rocksteady trailer, in place of that, I think it'll be a WDB Montreal trailer. Um, WD-40. <laughs> WD-40. Uh, I just think that that was my prediction last, one of my predictions last year, the incorrect ones, and uh, I think one of those two um, it was, will yeah. have a trailer this year. But uh, I guess my first prediction will be, this is obviously um, either or here. Regardless of whether it's WB, uh, Montreal, or Rocksteady, I think that Superman will be a game that is revealed. Awesome. So simple enough. Super. We see Superman. Through a trailer. In, yeah. Specifically a Superman game. So you're not saying we see Superman yeah, in no, a game. Super, yeah. A Superman game. Okay. Yeah. Like Superman's not ripping open a portal into Spider-Man Marvel. Or, or like what if it's a Justice League game? See, that's not a, that's not a Superman game. That's a game with Superman. Yeah, I don't think that we're getting the Justice League game, so I'll go ahead and say we are seeing a Superman game trailer. Got it. Okay. Dom, your prediction, you're up. Uh, we see a Spider-Man PS4 bundle revealed at the end of that, that trailer they give us, and it's specifically it's a slim PS4. And it will not cost, a Pro. Okay. Right, and it will cost $300. Okay. It might not say that, but it'll be a slim. Yeah. Uh, will you uh, – this is a bonus to your thing. This doesn't count for the prediction – Will you specifically think it's ugly? No, I will like it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> One of us, though, either Jordan or Jared, will think it's ugly. Okay. If, you know, we're very judgmental. That makes sense. Uh, <laughs> blessing, <laughs> what's your prediction? Uh, I think at some point during the conference, uh, Sony busts out some couches uh, and oh, they oh, have fuck you, blessing. They, they have extended interviews with the developers. God damn it! Right. Oh, yeah. If I not. ever see this shit again, I will not watch. I watch. It will happen. PSX. Shouldn't even put that in the air. I'm gonna turn it off and I'll just catch the highlights next time. No, <laughs> It'll 100 percent happen. The way they the way they communicated it, uh, communicated what this conference is gonna be, and the way they did PSX, it all lines up. They were like, "Hey guys, that was a hit. Let's do it again." Uh, and so I think that's gonna happen. It's like, hey, we sold 70 million units. Let's kind of have people sell those back that is just insane <laughs> to me god uh okay so the second prediction here what am i gonna pick i have some written down um uh let's see here okay okay here we go i got this so we're gonna see the unveiling of the new crash game that's been in development hmm. it's gonna have a 2019 release date um so it's specifically gonna be a new crash game right so this isn't uh crash team racing this isn't some other weird game this is specifically a new crash game it's going to have a 2019 release date uh, window. And at the end of the trailer, we're going to see CTR teased as a bonus game mode inside of this new Crash game. So you're going to have the ability to play Crash Team Racing in this game. That will be the tease. Interesting. This one's a little more outlandish, but you can't have all of them be safe bets. So that's I want my... CTR to be its own thing, but I would take it. Yeah. Um, just, I think, commercially viable. It's It makes more sense for them to have it as a game mode inside of an actual Crash game. Um, but who knows? That's my prediction specifically. That CTR will be teased at the end of the new Crash game. Uh, Jordan, your second one. Okay, so I switched. I called a little audible here because you guys keep talking about this goddamn Spider-Man bundle. <laughs> my prediction is the end of the Spider-Man presentation. 
okay, the conference itself will not feature a Spider-Man bundle on stage because that just seems so far away from the way that they do their E3 conferences. Like, they're certainly not going to like bring out a box and Sean Layton's holding it. I think I might be looking. No, like you're right. You're right on that. Yeah, but I no, also it'll be Tom Holland. <laughs> More confusion. No, I think that hey there won't even be like a little picture of it at the end of the trailer. I just we won't I think see that's any bundle. You do. Yeah, I think that's something you do and like you announce like late July, early August okay. before the game comes out, not all the way in June. Okay, Rovi, you're trying to play Major League Baseball. Jordan's lining up at T-ball right now, getting the easy one. Um, Here we go. <laughs> hey, it's safe bets. They they get you points. But, um, but the only reason I say that is because, like, you guys are so adamant about it. I'm like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, that isn't in my prediction, thankfully. I, I believe in it, but not enough to make it part of my prediction. Uh, yeah. Dom, uh, your second prediction. Oh, man. Um, Rocksteady is on PlayStation stage. Um, it's not Superman, though. It is another Batman game. It's um, Batman Beyond? I'm just going to say it. Yeah, Batman Beyond. <laughs> Okay. No, I wish, but it's not happening. <laughs> it's not happening, but I'm going to go with it because uh, I need something more oddball, I think. There's a lot of evidence to support the Superman game, by the way, which is why I mentioned it. Okay, yeah, so... Well, fuck it all. Rocksteady unveils Batman Beyond. Got it. Uh, I think it's oh, jeez. Uh, Blessing, your second prediction. <laughs> I loved man. your first one, man. <laughs> oh, man. it's what, I'm, <laughs> I'm looking at my... I have a list of predict- predictions. I have, like, eight of them, and we all kind of talked about them during the show, and so I've just been, like, trying to, like, think of, like, okay, what else do I think is going to happen? Um, and I'm just going to go back to the well from one of my predictions that I wrote down. So, um, hmm. Okay, I'm going to go with this one. Death Stranding uh, gets another eight-minute trailer. It'll have – we'll have no new info aside from Kojima vaguely explaining what the gameplay could be like. And also there will be social media integration. Okay. And we get that from either the Kojima interview or the trailer or whatever it or is, Or the right? trailer, yeah. Yeah. One of those two, yeah. But for the inst- for the point of this prediction – the interview with Kojima takes place on stage, right? During the conference. God like the, damn it. Stop this yes, nonsense. Yes, okay. yes, it will. For it to count as a, <laughs> as a, as a conference prediction. Okay. So um, he I, sits down on a couch. He sits yeah. down on God a couch. God damn don't make it. That, don't, don't put that part as part, as part of my, my prediction. He'll at least be on stage and they'll be talking to him. Yeah, he, yeah, there's a the very couch. large possibility of him sitting on a couch. Up. Okay. <laughs> um, this is masochistic. Here's what and I And Greg got. Miller might interview him. I got. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm. I'm gonna tell you guys what the games I have for predictions. I'm gonna get my third one. So, I have a Destiny two prediction that I might go with. I have a Demon Souls one that I'm not super into. Uh, I have a Kingdom Hearts three one that I'm not super into. I'm gonna go with this Ghost of Tsushima one. I'm gonna go with. We get a 2019 release window, and more importantly, we see an all white horse featured in the gameplay. Like, that'll be one of the subjects of the game. And I'll also add on to that, because I don't think that's enough of a prediction, right? All-White Horse, of course. A game with horses, you're going to have an All-White Horse. So an All-White Horse is going to be featured, and we're going to see a specifically a badass female samurai counterpart to the main protagonist. And when you see her, you'll be like, oh, she's badass. So I'm going to say All-White Horse oh, man, featured, 2019 release window, badass female samurai. Those are the, th- the three parts of my Ghost of Shima prediction. All right, I'll add on to that and say that that one corner of the internet will be all mad and upset that the SJWs forced a female protagonist into that game. Jesus. Um, I want to mention a couple of my other predictions since that was my third one. I'm not going to go on them really long. Um, one of my ideas was a Demon Souls Remaster remake. 
Another one was um, saying what the new Destiny 2 expansion might have. Uh, and the other one was a Kingdom Hearts 3 release window and a, the, a certain property that would be teased um, for hmm. the trailer. Um, but, Jordan, what's your final prediction? All right, Jared. Motherfucker, you want me to play some big league right now? I got oh, you, bro. Oh, All right. All right. Let me uh let me reach. Let me let me see what's going on in the crystal ball real quick. I hope it's a prediction mm. related to Senzaru. Mm. Okay. 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 So, we're going to get a Senzaru game. Um cuz I don't think they've released anything since Sly 4 Thieves in Time. Just that Marvel um, VR game for Oculus is the only thing. Okay, yeah. When doing research for the show, I saw that, so yeah. Cool, cool. Um, Alright, so... Sanzaru is working on Jack 4. Oh, wow, interesting. I thought you were going to go with Sly Cooper. They're working on a new Sly Cooper game. You're going with Jack. Nah, I wanted to go... I wanted to go Grand Slam Big League Chew, bro. (laughs) Sanzaru unveils Jack 4. Interesting. Uh, That is... That definitely is a counterbalance to your no bundle thing, so I'll give you that. They, they balance out well. A safe one and a not-so-safe one, so pretty cool. Um, Dom, want to hear Dom's third prediction? Uh, yeah, let's do it. I'm going to go a little little out of left field here. Telltale's The Walking Dead, the final season, if that's what they're calling it. Um that's going to pop up on Sony stage today. Oh, it looks like somebody's playing T-Ball. <laughs> that's not T-Ball. There's no way a Telltale game is on Sony stage. They never yeah, do things like that. That's a bad prediction, dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's okay. It's a prediction. So Telltale's The Walking Dead final season. Okay. How old is Clementine in the final season, Dom? Ooh, I like this. Uh, she's a teenager, so she's like... Fucking sixteen or seventeen. It's not you don't know, right? They don't say her age, but she looks like you, you can kinda of like roughly, yeah, like old teen. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Yep. Uh Walking Dead Unveiled, Clementine is old teen. Got it. Uh Blessing. Jeez, that's not gonna happen. Blessing, what's your final prediction? God, I was thinking super hard about this and I, I legit got nothing new. And so I'm gonna go with one of my written down ones that that's kinda lame, but it's a softball. Okay. Uh from software, they're gonna re- they're gonna unveil uh what Shadows Die Twice is. And it's going to be Tenchu. Uh, we'll get a cinematic trailer. No gameplay. No date. Just Tenchu. And uh, somebody on the internet is going to have a really good reaction video to it. <laughs> okay. Got it. Got it. Oh the Tenchu God. guy what out there. What is happening? Someone we don't <laughs> really know about already. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, yeah, no. Yeah, it's going to be – it's going gonna, it's gonna to go viral. Somebody, right. Somebody's going to go viral. allies, so I don't know what it, you're talking about. I don't do, – do they have a Tenchu guy on there? All of them are are Tenchu guys. guys. (laughs) Oh, okay. Well, there you go. There you go. Easy Allies is going to have a viral video where they react to Tenchu. Asking if the Easy Allies has a (laughs) blank guy is kind of just redundant. Like, they all, between the nine of them, they all, like, They're all a something guy, exactly. Yeah, exactly. They even have a a sports game guy in Huber. They have everything. Um, Yeah, exactly. So, uh, real quick, this isn't part of your prediction blessing necessarily, but do you think it's going to be Tenchu... Uh, with a number attached to it, or do you think it's going to be Tenchu with a subtitle, or do you think it's going to be a soft reboot and just be called Tenchu? It'll just be called Tenchu. Okay, cool. Yeah, uh, that, that's not part of your prediction by any means. Um, did you have any? Did any of you have any others you wanted to share that don't count necessarily, but were interesting ideas? Like the way. <clears throat> I yeah, did? I have one. I have okay. one. 
Uh, Black Ops 4 will outsell Red Dead Redemption 2 in 2018. <laughs> uh, That's your guys' ongoing Yeah, <laughs> We're still on this. All right. All right. No, and we'll see. At, we'll see. The more no. and more we hear about it, I'm like, oh, shit. This <laughs> is like the worst year for you to make that bet, which is hilarious. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. exactly. It's funny because I legit had this argument with Alex the other day about um, Call of Duty Blackout uh, and how it's going to do against Fortnite. Uh, because I, 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 I'm of the mind that Fortnite is going to be just fine with Call of Duty Blackout coming out. Um, but uh, Alex is very much like, yo, Fortnite better watch their back. Like, they're, they're in oh, trouble no. if they don't do something. Um, it's $60. Fortnite's free, man. It, that's you what can't I, that's compete what with a free game. Blackout will, like, will challenge it you know, for a month or two um, when yeah, everyone had just bought Call of Duty. But then after that... Mm, yeah. That's where it's, I'm at also. Word of mouth marketing works best for a free game, man. Like, walking up to a friend and saying, try out this game. Oh, how do I get it? Oh, it's free. Just download it. Like, it's so powerful. You know, PUBG has a hard enough time keeping up with Fortnite, and it's $30. And I understand that, like, the Call of Duty version will have way more polish and stuff. Like, you're asking people to pay $60 for... Yeah, it's... I, I'm, I'm with you, Blessing, on that. I do not believe that it'll it'll compete in terms of sheer numbers. Maybe in terms yeah. of, like, critical acclaim... But not sheer numbers. No, no way. And I think um, it'll be fun. It's, it's I think gonna wreck them in critical acclaim. I think PUBG has more to worry about with Blackout. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't yeah. know. I don't know, Dom. I don't know if it's gonna wreck them. I don't think that uh, the the gunplay will be good. But I don't know if we see microtransactions implemented. I don't see. There's a lot of things that could point towards it getting. That's, a, yeah, microtransactions. Yeah. That'll be the only threat uh, to its you know like review scores or whatever. But I think called like the Black Ops specifically. I think like reviewers are gonna be all about it. Well, yeah. Every it, time it, I every time I think of the phrase "let's let's drop on Nuketown," I I get excited. <laughs> every time I think about that, I'm like, man, yo, where are we dropping, boys? Nuketown? All right, let's go. Like, um, come on, man. That's gonna be yeah. a, that's gonna be a big point. Uh, that closes out our E3 uh, Sony predictions podcast. Thank you, blessing, for joining us again this year. It's always a pleasure. It's like a tradition at this point. Um, you know, you're you know, blessing is from OKBeast.com. And recently, yep. the last couple of weeks, you guys actually launched a, a successful Patreon for your, your audience size and stuff. I think it went off very well. Um, yeah. So if you guys can, I think it's – is it patreon.com slash okbeast? Uh, yeah, patreon.com slash okbeast. We have uh, multiple tiers, multiple goals that we're, that we're trying to hit. And multiple goals, goals that we did hit, surprisingly. Um, we launched at like 70, 70 or so Patreons. And so thank you guys. If you, if you're listening and, and you're familiar with Patreon and you do give, thank you so much. If you don't also thank you, um, no matter who you are, thank you for hearing my voice and at least ch- checking out patreon.com slash okbeast. Um, but yeah, if you're unfamiliar with what we do at okbeast, we make videos, make podcasts like this one. We, we do articles, um, and we essentially just make what we think is cool content, uh, about the things we love, whether it be video games, music or whatever. Um, and so, yeah, that's what we do. That's OK Beast. Uh, feel free to check it out. Patreon.com slash OK Beast or OKBeast.com, either one. Also, if, I'll, uh, personally, I'll personally uh, give a thumbs up to the video essays. Like, I like that format a lot. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. It works for me. Love really a good well. YouTube video essay. <laughs> yeah. A good YouTube video. And the interesting thing is I'm the opposite of that. I do not like video essays, but I will watch OK Beast because <laughs> I really like Blessing and I like Alex. So it's like I do not I like that format. They're not the type <laughs> of videos I like. Um, but I'll, I'll d- always give OK Beast a view. Also, in the last couple of weeks, if you're watching this in the lead-up to E3 and you're uh, uh, somebody who's a fan of PlayStation and Sony, uh, Blessing, you recently did a video regarding where PlayStation is at, right? Yeah, a couple of weeks ago Finally I put up a video a called <laughs> PlayStation and the Maturation of the Medium, and it's all about how uh, I think 
PlayStation is very important. At least their their first party studios, right, are very important for single player games. Um, it's sort of how they've helped kind of mature uh, the medium regarding single player games with like games like Last of Us, God of War, Horizon, uh, a lot of stuff like that. Um, so yeah, feel free to check that out on youtube.com slash okbeast. Awesome. Once again, thank you for joining us. Uh, if you guys are listening to this podcast, uh, we're putting up one of these every day of the week leading up to E3. We have one for each of the major conferences. We have a different guest than every one. Uh, guests you've seen before and guests you haven't. We have Logan, who's been on the show before. We have Alex Van Aken, who's with Blessing on OK Beast. Um, we have Max, uh, who I think has been on the show before. We have Chris Nunes, who's also been on the show before. So, a ton of awesome guests. It's a circus of value. <laughs> exactly. Oh, uh, and follow us on uh, Twitter at CTRLINT and our personal accounts. I'm at Jared underscore. Dom is at Dom Zorios. And Jordan is at Mellow Modus. I'm actually going to be tweeting out the graphics and updating them for each conference in terms of the points we get. Um so we'll see what happens. Last year, the guests won, uh, and I was the only one out of the guests, Jordan, Dom, and I, to not get a single prediction right, which feels great. Mm. So, yeah. Um, yeah, the guests won last year. It's it's difficult going against guests because there's six of them and three of us, and everyone has different perspectives, so you have a higher chance of getting things Excuses. right. Excuses! <laughs> they beat all three of us. I'm not just saying it's an excuse for me. I'm saying we, we lost. Wait till you see them couches, man. Wait till you see them couches. Oh, exactly. It's gonna Thank be a you, moment. guys. Thank you guys for listening. Hopefully you listen to the rest of our E3 uh, our E3 coverage leading up to the event. And, uh, yeah, we'll catch you guys next time.